to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is being played in a pandemic home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and why you should never apologize for hitting grand slams for Bleed Cubby Blue. <laughs> Good morning, y'all. Andy Cruz in a second. It is Friday. Woohoo! We got through five games against the Cardinals, and I'm feeling good about where we're at. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about those games, too. I mean, I, you would have loved it if the Cubs had won one more of them. But th- like I said before the series, you win three out of five. You feel pretty good about that. They won the series. I I feel like the bats are a little bit streaky. Like, it's not, you know, the offense that we saw at the start of the season that was just clicking and getting stuff done feels kind of stop and start right now. And so I definitely want to dive into that a bit. But they did a good job. And I, you know, they're still well on top of the division. So you can't really complain about that. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I agree with you. I feel like this was the series of left on base. And it was kind of... um frustrating but you know i i try to keep it all in perspective i understand yeah this is this is a game of a lot of stop and starts and and we'll see that throughout the next few weeks i just yeah there was a lot of opportunity there to definitely take four or five of those games and and you know you hate to see those opportunities go missed but you know three out of five not bad and especially a very different situation two double headers seven innings um, you know, the nightcap on both ends of those, we were the visitor, which <laughs> just strange all around. But yeah, I mean, it was an interesting series. I definitely um, saw some things from the Cardinals that I was surprised to see. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that we we walked away with the three. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's actually start with the doubleheaders because I... Seven inning games are just weird. It, it is weird to hit like the fifth and sixth inning and be like, oh my gosh, the game is almost over. Um, I also thought it was kind of humorous that the Cubs are what? Undefeated as the visitor at Wrigley Field right now? <laughs> they have never lost a game as the visiting team at Wrigley Field. <laughs> it's so strange. And I swear to God, if I saw one more tweet that reminded me that the Cardinals could walk it off as the home team at Wrigley Field, I was going to throw my phone against a wall. Like, People, <laughs> I understand this is what could happen, but you never put something like that out in the universe. You just don't. <laughs> yeah, I that I, I'm not here for Cardinals walk offs at Wrigley. Um, and luckily we avoided that. So that was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's start uh, early in the series. Uh, David Bodie, man, clutch, always clutch, getting stuff done. I mean, <laughs> what can you even say about this? Like, and I feel like on the last, um, I guess it was a single right up the middle that he hit that scored the runs that ended up being um, the winning runs for the Cubs. He's on first base and he almost like you see him say, God bless it. And you almost feel like he's mad about it. <laughs> he's mad about it. Like he should have, he felt like he should have hit the ball better, which I love personally because you know, that just says the standards that he holds himself to is very high. Because, I mean, hello, we were all happy with the single that scored two runs. I'm oh, not really? going to be mad about that. But to see him go to first base and, and kind of be upset, you feel like either it was a weight off his shoulder or he felt like he should have done something more with that ball. And, you know, either way, you know, David Bodie has been such a, such a huge, you know, breath of fresh air for this team thus far this season. And 
I'm just loving his at bats and his grinding and, and how he's managing to make things happen. It's just, it's so fun to watch. Yeah, it is really fun to watch. He has been, you know, he's not playing every day, which is understandable. He's kind of a role player at this point, but he's been so good off the bench and he really thrives in that role as a pinch hitter coming in and getting stuff done. And I just, I'm glad to see you need everybody in each of those roles, right? Like you need somebody that can come off the bench and contribute. You need people who can fill in here or there. And I really think that David Bodie was that guy over the weekend and five games in three days is a lot. And he really helped make sure that that wasn't a disastrous series for the Cubs. I mean, five, you said it all right there. Five games in three days is a lot, no matter if they're seven innings or nine innings. And I'm telling you, what an adjustment that as a fan you have to make watching those seven inning games. Because I tell you, what, it was like the first double header, you know, you're like in the fifth inning, and you're like, oh, there's plenty of time. We got plenty of time. And they're like, wait a second. No, we actually don't. <laughs> like This is just so strange. It was definitely something that you had to get used to and remind yourself actively because it was not, it's not natural. It's not a natural thing. It's very strange, but it was kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of fun. Um, I was slightly annoyed at the amount of Cardinals fans that made their way to rooftops because, you know, hello, um, <laughs> pandemic and other things. But um, yeah, I, it was, it was a fun series. I'm glad we walked away with what we did. You know, the Cardinals still, even with their taxi squad or whatever you want to call it, you know, without Paul DeYoung and without Yadier Molina, still managed to to play us tough. Like I said, you know, they just show up. And you happen to see some players from, from their team that you're like, who? Who is this guy that is murdering the ball against us? Like, who? It's just, yeah, that part is very frustrating. But, you know, devil bird magic, you have to expect anything. Are you talking about Brad Miller? Is that, your, is that your like who of the day? Like who? God. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was rough. <laughs> um, so just to talk quickly about the standings and where we wind up after those five games against the Cardinals. The Cubs are 16 and 8. They have a four-game lead in the division that is obviously a little bit wonky because they have still played 10 more games than the Cardinals, who are in second place at seven and seven. Um, the Brewers are 11 and 12, the Reds are 10 and 3, and the Pirates are 4 and 17, which, yikes. I mean, ouch. Do they have any pitchers that they want to send our way? I There was that one guy, Brault or something, that was an opener against us, and I know you yes. wanted him. But yes. <laughs> like, yes. I don't really know that much about the Pirates roster because it's just not that good. <laughs> Right. But I feel like we should just be able to, you know, since we're in first and, and we need some a little bit of help. I mean, maybe just until Chatwood gets back, we should just be able to cherry pick who we want off of the last place team. Well, OK, <laughs> speaking of help that we want, uh, I thought Adbert Alzali was awesome. And I he's been kind of like hanging out down in South Bend. I was a little surprised that he didn't make the roster at the start of summer camp. But I figured they need something that I didn't know. What more do you want from this kid? He he comes up without knowing he's going to pitch until like the day of and gives you five solid innings of one run ball. And I don't even think the run was earned. 
I mean, yeah, this could definitely, you know, it's funny because I tried to tiptoe around this because this will definitely get me fired up if I let it. But of course, I live in St. Louis and I had to watch these games. Um, I didn't have to, but I did. So it's kind of my fault because I probably could have made a different decision. Watch the games with the St. Louis broadcast. And if you ever need a reason to um, not like St. Louis, which many of people listening to this don't, but if you ever need a reason to not like St. Louis or, or the folks that do the broadcast for the St. Louis Cardinals, just let me know. And I will gladly hand over some footage of them covering a Chicago Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals game. It is infuriating, infuriating, but I will say they were, they were giving, um, Adbert a lot of credit and, and really, um, you know, talking him up. So that part was kind of nice because it's nice to know that people appreciate a good young pitcher. Um, even though, you know, apparently we don't because we can't keep them in the majors for too long. Um, but yeah, so I was I was very impressed with what I saw, and I mean, I just I don't know what else he can do to earn a spot, you know, in, in Chicago for good. And I loved what I saw, and and he definitely is somebody to look for in the future, and somebody that is is going to be primed for one of those rotation spots. Yeah, I think he had just an outstanding start, and particularly considering he was like very much sort of like the last man up to start one of these games. It was kind of like, oh, well, we have this doubleheader situation and Chatwood's on the IL and Q's not quite ready yet. So I guess we'll give him the ball. He threw five innings of two hit baseball. He struck out six. He walked one. The curveball looked nasty. Like, I just think that he has got to be a better option, even if he comes and goes into the bullpen when like Quintana or Chatwood is healthy he is a better long middle relief option than what the Cubs currently have. It's not like they don't have room in their bullpen for a guy that can give you a bunch of innings, six strikeouts and one walk. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You couldn't, it could not have said it better. I mean, we definitely need one of those long middle relievers. The, 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 some of our rotation, and I'm not going to say any names because it could be anybody at any given day, you know, are, are prone to rough starts here and there. We've seen it. We've seen, you know, pitchers in our, our front end of our rotation come out and, and give up a few runs in that first inning. And we kind of like, you know, are looking at each other like, crap, now what do we do? You know, like, right. do we just leave them in there to keep giving up runs? Or do we, you know, defer to a long middle reliever that can come in and give us some solid innings until the bullpen takes over. And honestly, he is the man for that job because that is, that is such a, a key role with our, the rotation, the way it is right now. And I, you know, like I said, this kid deserves it. You got to leave him up here and give him some opportunities. And, you know, especially after this series, I, you know, I haven't looked ahead a whole ton, but we're going to start facing some weaker, weaker teams and weaker teams on, on paper. You know, of course, everybody is going to play us tough, but there's going to be opportunities there for him. And we definitely, definitely need to leave him in a spot where he, we can take advantage of that and give him some major league innings. Yeah, totally. I think it was our friend, um, Full Count Tommy on Twitter, who made the comment that the Cubs have always been reticent to bring pitchers up who could start and put them in the bullpen even briefly. And and I, I want to expand on that a little bit because I think that that maybe makes sense when there is a full-scale minor league season going on and those pitchers could be getting regular starts and stay on the rest that they're supposed to. 
in the minor leagues, but that is not where we're at right now. Like the taxi squad is down there playing like three inning sim games against themselves. And so I just feel like it's got to be better for his development to be up facing big league hitting right now. And the Cubs could certainly use the bullpen help. There and there's no question about the development is taking a hit this year with um you know COVID and the weird season that we're having. And he is definitely somebody that, you know, the Cubs plan to have in a position where he cannot jump off the rails of his of of the track that they've put him on for his development. So at any, you know, if there's any possibility of him getting some solid solid innings or, you know, even a couple innings here and there, you have to, you have to give him that chance. You know, you have to keep him in a spot where you are showing him that you're serious about his development and where he could be with this club in the next year or two. So yeah, I agree a hundred percent. This is such a, such a weird, unprecedented season. If minor leaguers have earned any slot at all, in a roster at the major league level this season, you have to let them, you know, get some opportunities where they can. Totally. Let's stick with the bullpen for a second, because the other real interesting news, at least from my perspective, was that Craig Kimbrell looks maybe not 100% fixed, but like pretty darn good. Uh, He certainly pitching out of a slightly different arm slot. The curveball and the fastball um, spin rates are back to where they were in 2016 and 2017, which was when he was just super dominant. And you could see it when he was facing these Cardinals batters, right? Like you could see them kind of freeze up on that curveball, realize it's a strike and then try to catch up with it on the next pitch. It's a fastball high. The other thing that was super noticeable, if you go back and watch the inning that Craig threw, um, is that he, that fastball has rise on it again. That was always kind of the, the thing that people talked about with him, that he had that illusion of the fastball, like literally gaining a bit of ground as it comes into the plate. And that is back too. So I was really quite happy, like cautiously optimistic with what I saw from Kimbrell. Um, And I think that that, look, if he's fixed, that is huge. (laughs) That is everything for this Cubs team. I mean, yeah. Okay. So the best thing I've probably seen on Twitter, like within the last, you know, couple weeks of baseball was Pitching Ninja did one of, um, did kind of a, a collage of his nastiness over the last, his last two innings of um, relief, which I guess would have been against both against the Cardinals. The one part of this that stands out to me and that I watched over and over again, which is just awesome, is they do this thing where, you know, they show nasty pitches and then they show the batter like kind of half swinging and they call it sword. <laughs> and I, I love that. If you've not seen this, you need to go look it up right now. The best one, I think, is when um, I remember what the St. Louis announcers were saying. So this is why it's so great for me, because it was just kind of like a like a want want type thing. (laughs) Um, But it was Paul Goldschmidt. And this pitch just fell out. I mean, it was nasty. And I like I get goosebumps right now just even talking about it because I'm picturing it and he just sorted it and it was hilarious. And I'm telling you, if you have not seen this, you need to go look it up. Pitching Ninja has some really great stuff. And this year they've really, um, I've seen a lot of Chicago Cubs pitching on Pitching Ninja, which is always a good thing because that means that they're doing some really nasty stuff with, with the ball. Um, Kyle Hendricks is one that's been on there. Jeremy Jeffress has been on there. I mean, it, it, go look them up. If you do not follow them, you need to follow. But that particular at bat, when Craig Kimbrell 
threw that ball and Paul Goldschmidt just half swung and kind of, you could just see the look of defeat on his face and it was sword. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Welcome back. I'm signing back up. Renew my membership. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm so excited for that one. I really hope he has a good, um, a good couple outings against the White Sox. That would be huge. Yeah, I would like to see this persist for a little while. It's funny that you mentioned how much love uh, Cubs pitchers have been getting from Pitching Ninja because I've noticed that too. And yesterday on the off day, I just happened to be watching MLB Network, MLB Tonight, and they had um, their list of like their 10 top 10 power ranking pitchers or whatever. I have no idea how they came up with this list. So don't ask me about the methodology. Like who knows? It's just a list of pitchers they like right now. But the only teams that had two pitchers on that list were the Reds and the Cubs. And part of me was like, clear, like 40% of this list is the NL Central and two teams, which is awesome. Uh, Hugh Darvish and Kyle Hendricks were the representatives for the Cubs. And Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer were the representatives for the Reds. I do want to get back to one other thing with Craig Kimbrell really fast because I thought it was hilarious. And David Ross is my manager forever. Um, in the post game, <laughs> I tweeted this out. So if you didn't see it, you can go to my Twitter and find this video because it's so great. In the post game interview, Ross gets like the obvious question of, oh, so is Craig Kimbrell the closer again? And he he does exactly what a manager is supposed to do. He like kind of jovially laughs, laughs it off and he's like, oh, you know, we're going to just put guys out there in the best situations that mix and match with where we think they're going to have success. You know, he does the manager's answer. And the follow-up question comes, it's like, well, you know, he's a seven-time all-star closer. And David Ross, just like his eyebrows raise up and his deadpan just says, thanks so much for keeping me up on his stats. I'm glad you're letting me know all the awards Craig has. And I just lost it. <laughs> oh, so great. So great. I, I don't know what it is about that moment. Like part of it is that it's the type of dry humor that I like. And so that really resonated with me. But there was also just an element there of like, look, buddy, you're treading on dangerous water here. And I don't make decisions in games about how many awards a guy had last year. <laughs> I mean, and he also was really showing us some swag, yeah. you know, like, I, like I've got this managing thing down. Like I don't need your ridiculous stats to, to influence my decisions here. Like I got it. Thank you. <laughs> like just, just the slightest bit of swag. And I love that. I mean, cause as, as a manager, if you don't have confidence in yourself, ain't nobody going to have confidence in you, you know? Yeah. So for him to, to go out there and kind of have that retort was just fantastic. I was like, slow, slow clap. Well done, David Ross. Well done. <laughs> oh, so, so good. If you haven't checked it out, we'll make sure to retweet that video from the cup of cubby blue account. So it'll be up at the top of the feed. Um, before we move on to the Crosstown Classic and the White Sox coming in to visit the Cubs, a couple of news and notes from around the league. First up, the Reds and Mets game yesterday was post, no, not, not Reds. It's the Mets and Marlins. Excuse me. I don't know why I said the Reds, probably because <laughs> the Reds were the last COVID team. So I like, got, I got the mix up. The Mets and Marlins series was postponed because of a positive COVID case on the Mets. And like, I, I cannot really like, again, it's just like, is this just what we do now? Once a week, some team pops a positive COVID test. Well, they, I, I don't know who, who tweeted this. It was one of the blue checks, but somebody tweeted that um, since opening day, there has been um, 
one day where all 30 major league baseball teams played and that was Wednesday and that streak ended at one day. (laughs) I mean, so, so there's that. (laughs) I mean, I forget who tweeted it. Um, It got retweeted into a DM thread that Andy and I are in, but like somebody had tweeted one of those, like from Futurama, like the zero days without an accident. (laughs) I was like, Okay, yeah. then. Uh, this is MLB <laughs> so, right so now. So appropriate. Zero days without an accident. Still looking. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I, okay. We're not going to be late at this point. The Cubs don't play in the NL East. And luckily that bubble is like over there. And hopefully COVID has been eradicated from the central games. But it's this is just going to be part of the season. And teams really need to get a handle on this, right? Like, and I think it's worth noting that A lot of people wanted to speculate early that this was about players behaving irresponsibly, going out, not following protocols, whatever, maybe to some extent, but also like, it seems like we just live in a pandemic and it's very dangerous and people can get sick. And so I think there needs to be a lot of caution, less judgment. And I really hope MLB is doing everything they can to keep these players safe. I just... I don't know. I wouldn't even want to go play a series in Florida right now. Florida looks like a place that you don't want to be based on pandemic numbers, but what do I know? (laughs) Well, I know that I feel the same, so. (laughs) (laughs) No Florida. Stay out of Florida. Um, Nope. Second news and notes from around the league, in case you missed it. You you must have been living under a rock if you missed this one. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam. It was his second home run of the game and got in trouble for it because something, something unwritten rules of baseball. Apparently he didn't look over at third base to see that there was a take sign on and hit a grand slam instead. Um, You should watch the John boy breakdown of this because it's awesome, but I don't know what exactly this unleashed (laughs) on the universe. Uh, The Padres have now hit grand slams four games in a row. And, like, I'm here for it. I feel like the Padres have opened Pandora's box of Grand Slams by violating the unwritten rules. I mean, listen, I have went off way too many times on this whole thing on Twitter and otherwise. Um, This is, like, the most ridiculous situation that I think I've ever come across in baseball. Um, The unwritten rule thing, I'm, okay, I understand. There's some things that are just like ridiculously blatantly, I mean, stupid that you can disagree with that and still think that this unwritten rule is absolutely absurd. This kid is a star. He is his talent. He has more talent in his pinky than, you know, half of the league. It's just, it's, it's it's silly. And to bottle that and to hold him down and, you know, and, and make him feel bad for doing this. And like the thing that gets me the most, I'm going to try not to get worked up because I can feel myself getting louder. <laughs> the thing that gets me the most is his manager. Yes. And yes, the next day he kind of back, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he backpedaled on what he said. I don't care. I do not care. I really honestly hope that he lost some of the clubhouse when he spoke out against this young star for hitting a grand slam. You have got to be kidding me. One of our friends, and I can't remember who, but somebody tweeted, um, you know, I'm I'm old enough to remember when his father hit two grand slams in one inning. <laughs> 
Yes, that happened, people. Look it up for the St. Louis Cardinals. He hit two grand slams in one inning. And we're going to give this kid trouble because he didn't take a pitch. He didn't take a ball for. I mean, that's insane. You, There is a number of things that this pitcher, this team could have done to keep themselves out of this situation, but yet they want to blame him. Just crazy. So anyways, yes, my new team out West is this the Slam Diego Padres <laughs> because they are freaking amazing. They've hit four grand slams in four games, and I am I'm here for it. This is what baseball should be. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was kind of interesting to watch the entirety of baseball Twitter minus like a couple of old guys all come together on like Team Tatis and just like hit the grand slams, young man. I mean, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench has a Twitter account. I didn't know that. I'm definitely following Johnny Bench now. <laughs> Johnny Bench and Reggie Jackson were both like. You hit that grand slam, young man. And I was like, this is so great. Um, But I agree with you and what you said about the manager. I mean, I kept trying to imagine a situation. And, you know, we were just talking about David Ross, the way he approaches his players, how he is just not here for the media's foolishness. And I was trying to imagine a situation where Javier Baez hits a grand slam and then the pitcher immediately, I forgot to mention this earlier, immediately throws behind Manny Machado. So it's clearly like a, we're going to throw at your star now thing. In in our Cubs extended metaphor, that would be like throwing behind Kyle Schwarber. And Jace Tingler just like sat on his hands. He didn't even come out and argue or anything. The umpires got together without the manager coming out to advocate for his players to be like, hey, this might not have been cool. And I'm just like, how are you not on the field defending your guy? Like, how are you not out there? Like, don't throw at my star. It, it's just, the whole thing was terrible. And I was just like, and, and yes, he backpedaled the next day after he realized that he had gotten himself into a media firestorm, but he had to have lost part of the clubhouse on that. Are you kidding me? He told Eric Hosmer to to sit Tatis down and have it talking with him. And you could, like see them in oh the dugout, like having this conversation and Tatis looks like he wants <sighs> to murder someone. <laughs> I would too. I would want to murder someone I too. mean, listen, I don't pull the dad card very often, but in this case, I'm calling dad. Like, dad, can you get this guy? Like, what is wrong with him? This is crazy to me. That is, I mean, what is wrong with us? Like we finally get a dose of fun and and all of a sudden now we want to make these kids feel bad about it. It's just stupid. It's just absolutely insane to me. These written rules, I tell you what, half of them are garbage. And that is definitely one of them. You don't want him to hit a grand slam on, on your three and O count pitch a ball that he can't hit. That's going to be called a strike. It's not difficult. You don't want to be down three O pitch a strike. Like, (laughs) Hello. You don't want him to hit a grand slam. Don't load the bases. These are very simple things that the majority of baseball understands. And just because you're winning, you, I mean, are, 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 is, are the other team done playing? Did they just call it? Are they just walking off the field? No, they're going to go to bat and try to even up the score. So, you know, the, the game is not over until that last strike, the last out and, and until the, the umpires are walking off the field. So this kid, I, listen, I, I'm here for this team now. These guys have definitely opened Pandora's box, like you said, and I, I, I'm, I can't wait to see what else comes out. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are like me, a kind of like a part-time insomniac and needs a late night team to watch on the West Coast, the Padres are your team, I am telling you. Speaking of fun teams that hit a lot of home runs, the White Sox are another one of those fun young teams hitting a lot of 
uh, home runs, and they are headed to Wrigley Field to play the Cubs later this weekend. We will have everything you need to know about the Crosstown Series, Cubs, Sox on the flip side, but first a quick word from our sponsors. All right, we're back. Andy, Crosstown Series, uh, I think I, yeah, I am correct. It is at Wrigley Field. Three games, Cubs, Sox, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, what more could you ask for for a weekend in August? I mean, oh my goodness. And these pitching matchups too, other than TBD, because, you know, TBD is, you know, he is not our friend. Um, You know, we got Dallas Keuchel and John Lester today. That is going to be crazy, crazy. I love that matchup. Dylan Cease and Kyle Hendricks, hello. And then Sunday, TBD and Darvish. I I mean, yeah, this is going to be a fun weekend of baseball. I am really looking forward to having regular season games against these guys. You know, it's always a, it's always a, such a, what do I want to say? A banter with, you know, Cubs fans and White Sox fans. And if, if the games were won by Twitter trash talk, I tell you what, (laughs) it would be, it would be a bloodbath because (laughs) it gets, it gets bad. It gets bad. And it's definitely, you know, it's, it's in good fun. As far as I'm concerned, I happen to appreciate this rivalry a little bit more than the Cubs Cardinals. And that's probably because I live in St. Louis, but I just, I love this. It's so good for Chicago right now that the White Sox are who they are. They have some really fun young stars to be keeping an eye out on. I am a huge Tim Anderson fan. This guy has just won me over. He is um, such a, a fun person to watch play the game of baseball. I highly recommend that you look up some of his highlights. He's just one of those um, spectacular, um, very energetic players. It, it's it's a little scary to me because I was looking at some numbers that the White Sox have had over the past series that they just took four games from. I think it was. Detroit, um, which is not a very good team, but still, they just took four games. Their last game against Detroit was nine to nothing, which tells us that the offense is firing on all cylinders. And it's a little scary coming into a series with a team that is that hot. So um, definitely look to see, you know, a, a recharged Cubs team after a much needed day off. And obviously, you know, everybody gets up for this series. Everybody gets up for this series. So it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I really would like to see um, Baez be instrumental in these games. He is somebody that I'm tired of trying to argue that he's the best shortstop in Chicago. And I'd rather he just show everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's been scuffling lately. And I'm hoping he breaks out of it. Uh, the numbers are really not pretty for Javier Baez, he's batting 143, 200, 214 over the last two weeks. Uh, yikes, that's not great. I, I I have to imagine it's something about his approach that he'll figure out. So I'm not too terribly worried about him. The player that I'm sort of watching to see if he has a breakout game or a breakout series here and gets back on track is Wilson Contreras. Because Wilson Contreras absolutely loves facing the White Sox. I don't know if people remember this, but I remember it because it's one of my favorite Cubs moments. So I will set the stage. You know, a couple years ago in 2018, they decided to have Wilson Contreras bobblehead day. Uh, I believe it was like May 11th, might have been May 18th, but it was something like that. Anyway, I just remember I walked into my boss's office like 
months in advance and explained that I needed this day off because I had to go stand in line early to get a Wilson Contreras bobblehead. And nothing has ever been better than my boss's reaction (laughs) to this PTO request, which was like a mixture of amusement and like, well, obviously you have to do this. Go get your bobblehead. (laughs) She was just great. (laughs) I was like, thank you for being the type of boss that understands that this is like not a negotiable thing. Um, But the coolest part of that day, aside from the bobblehead, which is great and has the old Venezuelan arm sleeve that MLB took away from him, um, is that Wilson Contreras started this game with a grand slam in the first inning and never looked back. He hit two home runs. He had seven RBIs. He hit a double. He threw somebody out at second. It was just like the ultimate Wilson Contreras day. It happened on his bobblehead day. And I was like, this is incredible. In the course of that series, he went from having an ops in the 600s to having one at 880. Not even joking. That's what he did over three days against the White Sox. Last year, he did it again. Last year, he had a two-home run game when the White Sox came to Wrigley and boosted his numbers through through the moon, (laughs) like in one series. So Wilson Contreras has been scuffling a little bit. one twenty five, three forty one, one fifty six over his last two weeks. That's not much better than Javier Baez. He has been walking a lot more. So well, you've seen Wilson on base more because he's been walking twenty percent of the time, which is great. Um, but I have a hunch that Wilson Contreras is looking to break out against the White Sox, and I am here for it. Yeah, and let's let's be honest here because you know obviously on a national level, the White Sox have definitely gained some attention because of the young stars that they have on the roster and some of the moves they made in the off season to um, upgrade. And, you know, they did a perfectly fine job of doing that. There is a couple um, ex Cubs that are on their current roster, but on a national level, people are noticing them and they're also, you know, the Cubs have started the season so hot. This game tonight is on ESPN. So, I mean, this is a great opportunity for the Cubs to really, you know, remind people that, yeah, they might be veteran compared to this young White Sox team, but that doesn't mean that they're any less good, you know, that their record is the real deal and and their pitching is the real deal. And I'm excited. I'm excited on a national level for the Cubs to go out there and, and, and kind of show you know, show all of baseball people that haven't gotten an opportunity to see, because obviously we're only playing the central division in both leagues, what this Cubs team is made of this year and no better team to do that against than the Chicago White Sox. I'm really glad you brought up the national focus this game is getting Um, partially. I I did not put this on blast uh, last week when it happened and I'm not going to put the individual on blast now, but I was watching an MLB network show that shall remain nameless. And they were sort of talking about the fact that, you know, there's an outside chance you could have an all-Chicago World Series this year or next year. I mean, the Cubs and the White Sox are both teams that are sort of in that hunt. They're in the mix. And right now, the White Sox have a 15-11 and record. They're in third place in their division, but they're only two games in back of the Twins. They would make the playoffs via the wild card if the playoffs started today. And as this comment was coming about, about like, wouldn't it be cool to have like the like this World Series, all Chicago, America's second city, one of the analysts said, yeah, except for the ratings. And I almost like, look, national media types, the ratings would be through the roof because Javier Baez and Tim Anderson are fire and Chicago is every bit as amazing as New York. So need you to remove those East Coast bias blinders and recognize that both of these teams are young, fun, and hungry. And 
I am excited for this series. I want to see what happens when Eli Jimenez comes back to Wrigley Field after like that dagger of a broken bat home run he hit against us last year. I want to see what this team is like with the leadership of a Yasmani Grandal. And I am excited about this White Sox team. I am excited about this Cubs team, and I'm excited to see them play each other. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's definitely something where the the East Coast is has their their preferences on what they prefer to see, and it's no secret that it's all Yankees. <laughs> like, get over yourselves. Like, there's other teams in baseball, and if you don't think for a second that you know an all Chicago World Series wouldn't be watched or enjoyed or appreciated, people wouldn't pick a team very quickly to, to root for, you're out of your mind. I mean, these are two teams. The White Sox are kind of, you know, I don't want to say they're the underdog because they're obviously a very good team. But for the past couple seasons, they have not been, they have not performed up to expectation. We'll say that. So they are kind of the underdog. So, you know, and the Cubs are kind of like, they're still the lovable loser type where people either love them or hate them or find a, a reason to root for them. So I think this would be fantastic. And, you know, anybody that halfway pays attention to baseball all over the nation, not just on the East coast disagreed with that comment. So yeah, I, you know, that doesn't even worry me. People like that. I just kind of laugh at because their, their bias is so obvious and, and ridiculous, but I mean, you know, that coming from somebody who obviously is very biased, but <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, it just, yeah, it, it, that makes me excited. And I, I would love to see something like that happen. It would just overall be really great for the city of Chicago. And I think the, the quality of baseball that we have right now in this city is, is to be appreciated. And, and we should definitely not take that for granted because, you know, like we've seen, it doesn't last forever. Absolutely. And you you also mentioned something earlier that I want to get back to. Like the Twitter trash talk has already started and it's so fun. Uh, our friend Chris from the Turn a Pair podcast, which you should check out after you listen to this one. It's awesome. Uh, tweeted out my favorite um, picture that I just think epitomizes the Cubs White Sox series. And that is Michael Barrett punching AJ Pruszynski in the face. And I really hope that AJ gets to call one of these games at some point so that we can get his perspective on Michael Barrett's finest moment. Yeah, I'm not a huge AJ Pruszynski fan, but yeah, it's it's always very interesting when it's Cubs Cubs White Sox because he definitely brings a a, a different perspective to the table. <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I'm actually uh, probably about an hour after after we're done here, I'm going on another show to talk. Um, crosstown rivalry and you know I'm not gonna don't nobody can ever say I'm a flipper when it comes to this because I definitely appreciate the White Sox I cheered for them last weekend against the Cardinals although that was kind of brutal um but you know I think he's expecting me to come on and say that I you know I, I'm gonna talk all this trash and the Cubs are just gonna beat up on the White Sox and this that and the other and that's just not gonna happen like I happen to really appreciate what the White Sox are doing. And, you know, this is going to be some good hard nosed baseball. And so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, interesting to see the broadcast teams that they have going for, for this series, but you know, <laughs> AJ Prasinski just, it just kind of cracks me up. I mean, if he is going to call one of these games, then they definitely have to show the picture of that brawl. <laughs> 
<laughs> like the whole video, like the whole video is great. Um, one of the things to keep an eye on as we're looking at this series is who is hot on the White Sox right now. Over the last couple of weeks, I mean, their big names are firing on all cylinders. Yoan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert. Is Luis Robert hurt? Am I right about that? Or did he? I cannot remember. Uh, if, I know he left a game because of an injury, but I don't remember if he actually hit the injured list. I hope he didn't because I... Um, I really want to see him play. He's he's an outstanding young player. And and my, maybe my favorite moment of baseball this week, if Tatis hadn't, you know, gone nuts on that grand slam, would have been Luis Robert, like, covering right field and calling off Eloy Jimenez on a ball. And Eloy literally is standing there with his hands crossed. Like, I'm not even going to try to catch this. Like, it's, it's Luis's outfield and we're all just going to, like, stand here and not get in his way. I mean, and to me, like, some people might get mad about that and be like, well, you got to back up your your right fielder, whatever. I think that was awesome. And I think, you know, they're, they have such an endearing quality about them, like, that that's kind of like, I don't want to say quirky, but they definitely don't pay attention to the unwritten rules. Like, they just don't care. Um, and I love that. And like, you know, when, like I said last weekend, when Tim Robert was on, Tim Roberts was on, or Tim Anderson, Tim Roberts, Tim Anderson was on second base and he waved at Dexter Fowler. Like, you know, people might frown upon that. That's your, that's your foe when you're on the field. Like you can say after, say hi afterwards, but I love that. He just didn't even care. He looked out to him and gave him a wave. Like, you know, it just, it, it, it's funny to me that, um, you know, these young stars catch so much flack and I'm looking and I don't, he was not in the lineup for the White Sox on Wednesday or Thursday. So I don't know necessarily that he's hit the IL, but it looks like he was probably held out for a reason. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't look like he's officially on the injured list, my little quick search. So I, I hope that he will be able to play, but he did have um, x-rays done on his hand after making a diving grab in the outfield. So hopefully he'll be well enough to play because he is just an awesome young star on this team and you want to play your rivals when they're at peak ability. You don't want to play your rivals when they're struggling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than the Cardinals, I, I was fine with not seeing Yadier Molina. <laughs> who, who is, uh, I found out yesterday was uh, removed from the COVID IL. So he'll be rejoining the team and I'm glad that he's feeling. Better. Oh no, he played yesterday. Oh, did he? Okay, he played great. yesterday. Yes, and I, I just have to say, because I, I was very good at refraining from saying anything about the broadcast and what they did to our boy Kyle Schwarber, but they, yesterday he had a hit in his first at bat, and you would have thought that he just found, you know, the greatest gift of God. Like, it was like, oh my gosh, 24 games since he, you know, whatever, since he was able to have an at bat, he hasn't seen live baseball. I mean, yeah. they just wouldn't shut up. And even my husband was like, okay, enough. <laughs> I mean, look, we're glad you're not sick anymore, Yachty, but the Yachty worship is a little over the top. Um, in terms yeah, of the Cubs, absolutely. some players to keep an eye on. Ian Happ, man. I, I want to talk about this kid. Ian Happ is playing out of his mind baseball right now. It's like he has had a chip on his shoulder since he came back from AAA last year, and he has just decided he's going to prove to the entire world that he can do this. Uh, in the last two weeks, he's batting 333, 469, 692, but even more impressive, how did you like Ian Happ in the leadoff role? Because I think the leadoff mystery is solved. 
I mean, this has got to be one of those things where if it's not broken, you don't fix it type situation. Like, obviously, we want Chris Bryant to be back in the lineup, but we want a healthy, good, productive Chris Bryant back in the lineup. It makes zero sense to force it when there is somebody else that can step up and do the job and do the job well. So in this situation, I love Ian Happ at leadoff. I didn't think I would. And I think when this experiment went on the first time, was it last year or maybe two even years late ago. the year before? Two years ago. Okay, yeah. 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 It, 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 it ended bad. It ended miserably. It was not the same Ian Happ that we're looking at now. So I am fine with this. This needs to happen. This needs to be a thing. It is not broken. Please don't fix it. Like, just leave him there. Let Kyle Bryant, Kyle Bryant, Jesus, I'm, <laughs> I'm having a Friday. That's for sure. Let Chris Bryant, I sound like I've been drinking. It's 947 in the morning. Um, let Chris Bryant drop back in the order, take some pressure off of him, let him just relax and get his swing back and start making contact again. Ian Happ is fine up there. He's fine. He wants that added responsibility. He wants his teammates to lean on him. You can tell both off the field and on. He is a different person this season. Let him have that role. He's done perfectly fine. I'm good with it. Leave it alone. If Ian Happ is the Cubs answer at leadoff or anything else of note happens during this Crosstown Classic, we will have all of that for you on the next Cup of Cubby Blue. In the meantime, you can follow us and all of our baseball amusing tweets on Twitter. I am BCB underscore Sarah. Andy is BRYZ underscore Blue. We are both at Cup of Cubby Blue and we are stoked about the Crosstown Classic, whether those people in New York understand why it's awesome or not. Until next time. Bye.